Yeah, all the way from Haddenham on the Hill. Good to see you all again this morning and uh, renew acquaintances. And I'm feeling a little bit older. I don't know about you, we're all a little bit older, aren't we? But it's, it's really nice to see so many uh, young people and children here this morning as well for, for the family service. So do relax, enjoy yourselves. If you want to sit down while we're singing the hymns, that's fine. I don't, really don't mind at all. Uh, let's have a good sing. Did you see that thing on telly about the um, the church without God sort of thing? There was a programme on that. Did anyone see that one? No? It was really, really strange how... Uh, they actually met in the church because there was no other public building to meet in, but uh, it, it was a strange programme that... Uh, you know, maybe you'll catch up with that on your iPads or whatever you do these days. Anyway, greetings from uh, from Haddon Baptist Church, and um, I just want to start by I'm thinking about the Bible today. This the Bible is so important to us, isn't it? If we didn't have the Bible, where would we be? And, and so, a lot of the things today will be about God's Word. So, I just want to start by reading from Psalm 40 uh, and the first three verses, and it says this: We, we have actually been rescued. Uh, and we now have freedom through Christ. And, and these verses sort of echo that. It says this in Psalm, Psalm 40, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. There's a lot of work on the earth to be done. And uh, I'd love to walk in here this morning and and see the banners and the posters. I don't know who did this, but I love that as well. For I know the plans I have for you. And God has a plan, certainly for me and certainly for all of you. He has a plan. He he knows what he wants for you. He knows what he wants you to do with your life. And uh, maybe he'll say something to you today. I don't know. But uh, certainly I believe that God has plans uh, for all of us. Uh, Small ways, big ways, whatever. There's something for all of us to do. We're going to be uh, thanking God today for the freedom that he brings. Freedom to the poor. Freedom for the oppressed, freedom for the prisoner, and we've heard much about things in Maidstone this week, Um, prisoners there and the riot, and for the way that God can free us, can set us free from guilt, guilt from the past, guilt about things we've maybe done years, decades ago. God can free us from all of that and set us free to live a life which I would describe as being full in Jesus. A full life. Life in all its fullness, as it says in God's word. So that's sort of the gist of what we're going to be doing today. Well, let's uh, continue as we worship God. Let's continue and bow our heads in prayer. Father, we thank you that we can sing our hymns of praise and really mean what we sing. That you are a faithful God. You are unchanging, you are saving, you are all-powerful, you are all-knowing, all-forgiving, bringing freedom for all and giving us life in all its fullness. Father, we, we want to praise you and thank you for all these attributes of yours. Help us to realize how important you are to our lives and in our lives. 
Help us to know your son Jesus better each day. To put our trust in him. To fix our eyes on him in all situations and at all times. Father, be with us as we worship you this morning. Thank you for all your goodness to us. Thank you for our friends and our neighbours. Thank you for our friends at school. Thank you for our friends at work. And in the social sphere too. Thank you for our families, our loved ones, who are so important to us. Thank you for this family here at Cottenham Baptist Church, for the warmth and the fellowship that can be experienced here. So, Lord, be with us as we worship you and help us to worship you in spirit and in truth. For Jesus' sake. Amen. We sing again now, stand to sing, Jesus, we celebrate your victory. Jesus, 
We rejoice, you set us free. Jesus, your land hath brought us alive. Celebrate your victory, Jesus. We revel in your love, Jesus. We rejoice, you set us free, Jesus. Your death has brought us alive. reading this morning comes from Luke's Gospel chapter 4 and reading from verse 14 to 21. If you have the NIV Bible in your pews it's on page 1031. It was early on in Jesus' ministry and he'd gone through the temptations by the devil in the desert and then we come to this passage at verse 14 where it talks about Jesus being rejected at Nazareth. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. And he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him and he began by saying to to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Thanks be to God for his precious word. Before we hear more about about that freedom, Mark's got a story to tell about uh, big numbers. So I hope all the young ones and the old ones as well can listen to. Uh, Who's feeling clever today? Oh, one. Any more? It's to do with maths. Anybody? Yeah. Wow, good. That's really good. Um, Well, I'm going to tell you this story about a mathematician who was very good with big numbers. It happened many years ago when a very, very, very brainy mathematician invented the game of chess. Do any of you play chess? (gasps) Here we go again. That's good. Uh, Now, we're going to, for short, we'll call him Matt the Mathematician, although that isn't his real name. The king at that time was really, really, really pleased with Matt the Mathematician, although that isn't his real name. Actually, he was actually an Indian, so he almost certainly wasn't called Matt. But as I was saying, the king was really pleased with Matt the Mathematician, although that wasn't really his name. 
So he offered to give Matt the mathematician, although that isn't his real name, anything he really, really, really wanted. Now, if a very rich person said that you could have anything that you really, really, really wanted, what would you ask for? Oh, you're very contented. Oh, right, what would you like? Sorry? The full value of pi. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's good. Anything else? Any, anybody else want anything? Anybody else really, really want anything? Oh, what a contented lot you are. I don't believe it really, but there you go. Well, do you know what Matt the mathematician, although that isn't his real name, asked for? He said, I'd just like some rice, please. Rice? Now that sounds easy, doesn't it? Of course, said the king. Ha ha, rice it is. I'll get Uncle Ben onto it straight away. <laughs> but please can you do it my way, sire, said Matt the mathematician, although that isn't his real name. Just give me some rice on my chessboard. Put one grain of rice on the first square and then put two grains on the second square, four grains on the third square and keep doubling it, keep doubling the number of grains till you've covered all the squares. Who knows how many squares there are on a chessboard? 64, you're right, I've got one. There we are, 64 squares. So Matt the mathematician, although that wasn't his real name, asked for one grain of rice on the first square and to double each time he went up. Now, you know what's coming, don't you? By the way, did I tell you the end of the story? I don't think I did, did I? Well, this is the end of the story. The king couldn't grant Matt, Matt, Matt the mathematician's request. And do you know why not? Do you know why he couldn't? Well, he couldn't get all that number of grains on the chessboard. Because do you know how many grains there would have been altogether? Now, Paul, oh, somebody's got an app for it, I think, haven't they? Is it? Not it, well, not exactly what I did. You give or take, yeah. Right, now, this is the number. It's very hard. Right, hold it up for everybody to see, Paul. Now, it's, it's hard to say. I don't know what, what comes after trillions. But this is how I worked it out. I think it's 18 million trillions, 446,744 trillions, 73 billion, 709 million, 551,616. Now, I didn't do that all myself, you can imagine. No, no, I went to a special little site that does these sort of things. I got the 16. Yeah. <laughs> now, that's a lot of rice, and it certainly wouldn't have fitted on that chessboard. And so that is the story of Matt, the mathematician. Although that isn't his real name. <laughs> So next time, oh lovely, we've got a lot of rice on here, but I'm not quite sure what's happening to it all. Yeah. It's amazing really, isn't it, when you think about how numbers can double up. So next time, the next time your parents ask you if you'd like a treat, just say, all I want is one P on a chessboard and two one P's on the next one and double it for every square. I think you do all right, don't you? In case you're wondering what um, all those big numbers are to do with freedom, 
I'll, I'll let you know. Just something really extraordinary happened in China this year. Do you want to know what, what that was? Some extraordinary thing in China this year? Do you want to know? No? Yeah. Well, actually, one million people in China became Christians this year so far. And we've still got two months to go virtually, haven't we? One million people. And they're only the ones that we know about. There may be lots more because China's a big place and there's lots of, of country places where there are probably some more as well. Can you imagine if one million people in this country became Christians in less than a year? How amazing would that be? It really would, wouldn't it? What's the population of this country? Anybody know? Roughly. 70-something million, is it? 60-something? Round about there, isn't it? Give or take 10 million. Imagine one million people becoming Christians. That would be really great, wouldn't it? I've got a canister of rice somewhere. How, How many grains of rice do you think there are in there, in that canister? Yeah? A thousand? I'm not, I'm not going to ask you to count them. <laughs> what were you going to say? 3,500? What's that, about 200? 2,000? Do you think I counted them as I poured them out? Maybe not. Well, imagine a million grains of rice, each one of them symbolising a person. A million people in China finding freedom in Christ this year. I I find that really mind-blowing. In 2011, The BBC Radio 4 programme reported that the number of Christians in China was, as a sort of conservative estimate, 60 million. They said there were already more people at church in China on any Sunday than in the whole of Europe put together. These figures are amazing, aren't they? We're talking about really big numbers today, really big. And there's another amazing fact as well. I I, I sometimes think, you know, when I go in a charity shop, I mean, we go to Ely now because it's it's better than than Cambridge. It's it's easier to get to than Cambridge and it's cheaper for parking. But we go in the the charity shops in Ely and I guarantee that almost, well, pretty well every charity shop that you go in, you will find a load of books in one section and you'll find Bibles there that people are throwing out. And yet people in other parts of the world would almost give their right arm for a Bible, or even a page of a Bible. According to the Bible Society figures, almost half the Christians in China, that's 30 million, don't have a Bible. And in some places they share one Bible between 10 people, 10 Christians. Can you imagine waiting for 99 days or or three months before you had sight of a Bible. And when you did get it in your hand, it would probably be so dog-eared, you'd hardly be able to read it, what state that Bible would be in. I'm going to tell you a little story now about a, a little boy in China called, it's a strange name, and I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, 
Zhao Ibo. And this boy, Zhao Ibo, is seven years old. And his family, like a lot of people in China, were fruit farmers. Incredibly poor. 74 pence a month to spend on electricity. That's less than 20 pence a week for electricity. So you can imagine what happens. It's just turned off for most of the time. If it's dark, it's dark. They can't afford to put more electricity on, more lights on. They need to save the money. And the boy's family had one copy of the Bible, just one, written in an old Chinese script. Now, I don't understand Chinese. I did a little bit of German and French, but Chinese would be way beyond me. But this was in Chinese script. And the only person in the family who could read it was the grandfather. And then the grandfather developed cataracts. You know what cataracts are, don't you? It affects your eyes so that you can't see very well at all. So grandfather was unable to, to read the Bible. So it became a closed book to all the family. They didn't have enough money to buy a new Bible either. But last year the Bible Society visited their village and gave this seven-year-old boy, Zawi Bo, a modern translation of the Bible in his own language. And Zawi Bo says, I'm learning to read at school. I'm very happy to have my own Bible. And then later, when I'm older, I'll be able to read it for myself. I'll be able to uh, show it to my parents, to my grandfather who can't read and can't see. And one day soon, this little seven-year-old would be able to read the Bible to all his family and make the scriptures come alive for them again. And do you know how much it costs to print a Bible for someone like this seven-year-old Zowie Bo and his family? How much do you think it would cost to print a Bible? Have a guess. Mm, pretty close. No. It's actually a bit less than a couple of pounds. It's 80p. 80p, that's all. What does it cost when you go to the shop and buy a bar of chocolate? Or a magazine? Or a Mars bar? What's a Mars bar now? 60p, something like that? I don't know. But 80p is not much, is it? For, for a whole Bible. Even a magazine that costs more than 80p, wouldn't it? These days. It costs the Bible Society 80p to pay for the paper to print a Bible and get it into the hands of one of these millions of Christians in China. Remember, 30 million without a Bible. I think it would be good to, as a family here this morning, to, to pray for Zhao Bo and his family and to pray for the people in China who really do struggle sometimes and for others like them throughout the world. So let's just have a time of prayer. Father, we thank you for this seven-year-old boy, Zawi Bo, and for his family. We pray for them. They're not a fictitious family. They're a real family living there in poverty. We pray for his parents and for the grandfather. We pray for those millions of Christians in China who do not have a Bible of their own. We pray, Lord, that you will encourage them. We pray that more people in the developed world will we'll give of their riches to help these people so that they can have Bibles in their hands to read. And Father, we pray for other places in the world at the moment that are going through conflict and strife of whatever, whatever nature. 
We think particularly today about Syria and the situation there, of the tensions in Pakistan and the Taliban and the pending talks. Lord, we do pray that peace will come because we know that peace is what you desire throughout the whole world, throughout all your creation, for everyone to live in peace and love and harmony. So, Lord, we remember these people. We, we present them to you in prayer. In Jesus' name. Amen. I think now we'll, we'll take up the, the offering for the work of, of God in this place and area. Thank you. Father, we thank you that you, you give us so much. And sometimes we do feel guilty because we don't give much back. But Father, help us to be generous with, with our gifts. Help us to, not just with money, but, but with our talents and our abilities, our strength. Help us to help others. And while bringing our offerings to you, Father, we just pray for everyone here that you will meet their needs whatever they might be, that you will draw close to your people. And for those who are in special need this morning, we remember them. We remember those who rejoice and we remember those who are sad. And we thank you, Father, that you draw alongside us all. Whatever our, our needs are, you are there for us. Uh, there's nothing that we can experience that you haven't, you haven't been through. Lord, hear our prayers. In Jesus' name. Amen. As we've just been thinking about um, the need for paper to make Chinese Bibles, I just wondered if you knew, I'm sure you do, how many times you can fold a piece of paper in half? You don't know. Go. I think we're going to try it, yes, but you, you don't know, do you? Okay, that's good. 
Now, so as not to waste paper, I've got some used pieces, if a few of you would like to have a go. Okay? doing? Have you come to a stop yet? Yeah? I believe that uh, six times is very hard. Seven is even harder. And I believe that eight is supposed to be impossible. It doesn't matter what size piece you start off with. I did read on the internet there's some scientists somewhere who can actually do it more than that with using some technique or something, but for normal purposes, uh, I think nobody can do eight. How many times have you folded that one? Oh, <laughs> I should open it again and see. What about the people who are doing tissue paper? That's nice and thin, so... You've done eight. Wow. That's amazing. You can always try this again when you get home. Try different kinds of paper. Do a scientific experiment. And see how many times you can do it. Right, so who's, who's managed... Nine? <laughs> wow. <laughs> you sure? Absolutely positive. That's really good then. <laughs> well, I think you've all done absolutely brilliantly, actually. That's good. It, by the way, if any of you would like to know more about the Bible Society, we've got some little slips here which you can ask us for after the service. Okay? Um, now, God's love for us is certainly not folded up into a tiny piece. As it says in our next song, it's vast beyond all measure. And vast means huge. So we're going to sing the next song, which is How Deep the Father's love for us. He says in the Bible passage that we read earlier that all the eyes of the people were fixed on Jesus. They were sort of, I don't know, captivated by him, mesmerised probably, in awe, amazed 
at what he said after he'd finished reading that passage from, from Isaiah. And the bit that says there, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Ever since the Jews got rid of Alexander the Great, they had lived for 300 years in the hope and the expectation of a Messiah. But then the Romans had come, and the Jews were still longing for a Messiah to come to bring them absolute freedom and the year, if you like, of the Lord's favour. I wonder how many of the people who listened to Jesus interpreted the passage that he read from Isaiah. How, how did they interpret it, do you think? Would they have heard it as a political manifesto? Bring freedom from an oppressive regime? There's lots of oppressive regimes in the world today, more than in those days. Or would they have seen it as a practical manifesto to bring release from poverty, from injustice, from oppression... Or the third one, would it be a spiritual manifesto to bring spiritual freedom? Almost certainly they'd have gone along with the first two of these, the the political aspect and the practical aspect. Freedom from the oppressors and release from poverty and injustice and even physical ailments. But maybe some also realise that there's a spiritual side to freedom that Jesus spoke about. We can see it as all three of these today. I thank God, you know, that people are prepared to give their lives, yes, give their life when they go abroad to oppressive regimes, to take God's word to countries where they know they might not return home, to bring the good news of Jesus to the poor, to the captives, so that they too can find spiritual freedom in him, whatever their circumstances. I think of Open Doors and organisations like that. Maybe you've heard of Open Doors that send people out into all these sort of places. Of course, we must also pray that world leaders will find a way to bring peace and justice as well. And in our prayers, we remembered about uh, the Taliban and Pakistan and that drone that was... uh, you know, kill that Taliban leader almost on the eve of those peace talks. Well, it was on the eve of the peace talks and how that could well have unsettled things. Hopefully they will still continue to talk peace, but we continue to pray for them. So what things can Jesus bring us freedom from in our own lives? What is it in your life? that you need freedom from, I wonder. What is it in my life that I need freedom from? Is my life as Jesus would want it to be? Am I doing the things he wants me to do? Am I being a real true Christian? Do I need any freedom or release? It's good to ask these things sometimes. Jesus brings freedom from eternal death. There's an eternal life. There's a life to come after this natural one here. And Jesus brings us freedom from death, which is a huge thing. He brings us freedom from condemnation, from guilt, from shame. I've had all of that in my life. I've felt guilty. I've felt ashamed. I've felt that I couldn't go back to my own family. 
because of the things I'd done that were bad. You may have things in your life too. Freedom from our weaknesses. Freedom from things like getting angry, getting jealous, gossiping, bitterness. These are things I just throw into the melting pot because these are things that as human beings uh, we get all the time. And I remember when Jesus, before the passage we read, there's a bit about when he was in the desert and tempted by, tempted by Satan in the desert. And there's a bit in there and says, Satan went away, but it's almost until another opportune time. He's there all the time. He will come back, he will bite at the heel. He will try and get, get at you. Jesus brings freedom from these things because we have the strength in Jesus. Sometimes we think, even as Christians, am I really good enough? Am I really going to go to heaven? Do you ever get those sort of thoughts? Do I need to be different to what I am now? There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. We've been singing songs and and so on with those sort of words. And as Christians, by living freedom for ourselves, we will show others what it looks like what it means to us and maybe we'll get an opportunity to share with them what Jesus accomplished in dying on the cross that last hymn is a really really strong word aren't they really meaningful things that he died for me I was in the sports and social many of you know I I enjoy a game of ping pong table tennis and I, I still do. And uh, one of the first things we did when I got to Haddon was, was look at the Sports and Social Club and, uh, and find out if I could join the tennis club. So I did. So I played now in the, in the E-League, Table Tennis League, which is brilliant. I love it. I've forgotten now why I was saying that. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. It's coming back. And, and on Friday, Friday night, I was there Friday night with... Um, do you remember the lad who came here with Jim, Jim Mullen, the other week, when Jim was preaching? And he brought the German, the German lad, Moritz, and he came with him. Well, I, I took Moritz to the Sports and Social Club, and we had a lovely conversation with a guy there who, who would say, well, he did say straight away that I'm an agnostic. So Moritz, being Moritz, was straight in there and, and talking to him about it. But, but I, I, know, I know this fellow quite well, and, and I knew he was an agnostic, and, and we've had good conversations. But he knows where I stand. He knows where, I know where he stands. We, we are our greatest of friends. And I still pray for him. And I still talk, talk with him. And, and I was saying the other night, something along the line, because he was saying, I can't understand all this Christianity stuff. I don't, I don't know what it means. I can't, I'm, an, I'm an agnostic. I just don't get it. And I said, sometimes we, I said to him, sometimes we have to forget about trying to work it out with our heads. Sometimes it's the heart. And, and Jesus looks at the heart. God looks at the heart. Where are we with our heart? What, what, are, what are the real things? And, and, you know, when our hearts are right with the Lord, then the other things will come. And we can work it all out with our heads then. But getting the heart right with God is something really important. So we, we can drop words in season, can't we, when we, we meet people... You know, not just in the church, but in our social activities and and everywhere else where we go. Jesus died on the cross for me, and he died on the cross for all of you. 
and all of those out there and everyone in the world. Jesus died for all. And that is fact. And that is what I believe and that is what I will preach. So um, our words and our actions are, are so important. People do watch us, you know, they do see us. I'm watching all this paper chain here, seeing how long it's getting now. Are we getting on all right, lads? How are we doing? It's looking good, isn't it? It's looking good. Have, have we run out of paper yet? <laughs> we have nearly, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, we, we're just going to... You can stay there. We're just going to have a little prayer again. And uh, So you just stay there with your chain. We, we won't be long. We'll just, we'll just pray again. Father God, we just thank you for the freedom that you bring in Jesus. We want to be freedom people. We want to live in all the fullness of what Jesus accomplished for us on the cross. Please help us today to receive more of your freedom from the things that bind us. Freedom from guilt, freedom from fear. Help us to be good witnesses in the community to those around us. Give us freedom from feelings of inadequacy. We thank you, Father, today particularly for your Bible. And we especially thank you today for, for the work of the Bible Society and, and the people who go throughout the world to take your precious word to those who are in need. Lord, hear our prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Are there any more paper chains? Were there any more? Are all the paper chains all joined together now? No, not this one. Oh, right. It rips. It rips. Oh, dear. Never mind. Have we got a bit more glue?
<laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. Don't know who the steward on duty is today. <laughs> Good luck to them. Uh, as Christians, we're able to, to help people break free, aren't we, from, from poverty and, and deprivation. Um, not, in other, not just in other parts of the world, but also in this country too, because there's plenty of poverty and deprivation in this country as well. We don't have to look far or, or read too much in our newspapers to realise that. And, uh, you know, we all hear about fuel poverty and all the rest of it and what it's costing and, and people who can't, you know, have to choose between eating food or, or putting the electric fire on or whatever because they can't afford these things. There's, there's a lot of that about. Um, so we can pray for them, we can give our, our money, we can give our time and help people and especially introduce people to Jesus. We can bring sight to the spiritually blind. I think of this guy at the, at the table tennis club that he's actually spiritually blind. And, and my prayer is that God will open his eyes. We talk in the Bible about having one's eyes opened. And, and it is. There's, there's like a blockage there that, that stops him from accepting uh, Jesus Christ as his saviour. But we pray that that blindness will be taken away. So we bring sight to the spiritually blind through Jesus so that they too can understand what it's like to be really, really free just like the youngest one here is freed symbolically. <laughs>